Uh, joining us on the AT&T uh, hotline, the official wireless provider of the Boston Bruins, our friend Dale Arnold. Dale, good morning. Morning, boys. How are you? Was anybody happier than you that it was a very quick and efficient Red Sox game last night? I think, as I said at one point during the game, not that anybody heard me, uh, both of the pitchers were pitching as though they had a hockey game they wanted to watch. <laughs> both guys were just cranking through things. Yeah, that that Dale, is true. Dale, you finally caught a break. You know, you finally caught a break. You got it over with. You got to see the game. I assume. How much of the game did you get to see? Well, I had it on in the booth the entire time that we were there. Uh, as soon as the game ended, I ran down to the clubhouse. Um, was there through the second period. Uh, the first bus left the minute the, first, the second intermission started. And you know, went cranking back to the hotel, and then everybody gathered around a bunch of TVs in the hotel bar, watching the end of the game from that point on. Uh, here in Boston, as they celebrate out in Vancouver, they are dealing with the embarrassment not only of how they didn't respond in Game Six and in Game Seven, but the post-game rioting and all that stuff that is absolutely despicable. What's going on out there? But in the long-term picture for a Vancouver fan, Dale, in your estimation, do they have to look at this and say the way this team is built, the skill set that this team brings? is okay for the regular season, but there's an antidote to this, and it's to get punched in the mouth by a tougher, grittier team. Is this a team not built for the playoffs as currently constituted? Well, they're built for the playoffs because you know they got to the seventh game of the Stanley Cup Finals, but it's pretty simple. When you look at the difference between the two teams, you'd give Vancouver the check mark in the, in the skill category, and you'd give the Bruins the check mark in the will category, and uh, as the phrase has been bandied about throughout the course of these finals, will beat skill most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the biggest difference between these two teams was the guy who stands between that four-foot-by-six-foot void because the guy who's wearing the Bruins uniform, Tim Thomas, has 100 times more will than Roberto Luongo has skill. And that was the single biggest difference between these two teams. And you know what else will does? It beats skill and it hurts skill. I mean, they, they hurt the Canucks, and that really showed by Game Seven when you know they got a one-armed defenseman and they and 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 just j bunch of jags out there because their guys are hurting and dragging ass, you know, all up and down the ice. They had nothing left. The Canucks. Bruins fans have always had a real appreciation for lunch pail players, and they've always had a real appreciation for tough guys. Bruins fans have got to love this hockey team because they have a bunch of lunch pail guys. They have a bunch of tough guys, tough-minded guys, uh, guys who play through things. And ironically, some of their tougher guys are guys you wouldn't necessarily think about. Patrice Bergeron is as tough a guy as you'd ever want to play against. Yeah. Not the kind of guy who's going to punch you in the nose. He doesn't do that. But he will go where he has to go. He will do what he has to do. Brad Marchand is as tough a guy as you'll ever, ever meet, despite the fact that he's about the size of meter. Uh, you know, the, these are the types of players that Bruins fans will always take to their bosom. Of course, you win a Stanley Cup championship, you're going to be there anyway. What, what surprised you, Dale? I mean, you were we talked about this going in. You were not expecting this kind of series. I assume nobody was expecting, you know, the Sedins to be just shut down, the Luongo to melt. What was the biggest surprise? Uh, eight goals against in seven games. Yeah, right. To me, that's the biggest surprise. I mean, I... I picked the Bruins to win in seven, but I certainly didn't think that they were going to allow just eight goals in seven games. I mean, that's just unbelievable when you look at the offensive firepower that the Canucks have. And probably the second biggest surprise for me is the Bruins' penalty-killing ability in this series. Uh, you know, you're looking at a Vancouver power play that 
clicked at about 28% efficiency during the regular season, and they were down around 5% efficiency. In fact, the Bruins had more shorthanded goals in this series than the Canucks had power play goals. Nobody could see that coming. Yeah, two for 31. I think that's about 6.4%. So you're right, that's a huge drop-off. Hey, Dale, uh, Tim Thomas said when asked last night whether the Horton hit inspired them, he said, oh, I don't really know. I don't think anybody who has eyeballs and watched that, clearly it had an effect, a positive effect, on the Bruins in games three and four. Do you think, looking back now, that the same thing can be said for the Marshan speedbagging of Sedin at the end of game six? Because Sedin didn't respond, Vancouver didn't respond, and did that not set the tone for game seven? When the when the Sedins and Vancouver didn't respond in Game Seven last night, Dino, it probably did, but the tone had been set long before that. I mean, it just accentuated the tone that had already been set. The Bruins were the were the people who were dealing out the physicality. Mm-hmm. The Canucks were the team that that was taking the physicality and not responding at all. Uh, it was probably more indicative of the way the entire series was. The Bruins would challenge and then respond to challenges. The Canucks would neither challenge nor respond to challenges, and that's why they lost the series in seven. All right, going forward, Dale, can they do it again next year? We, we just saw Dallas knock off Miami. It was great. The whole country rejoiced other than South Florida. But we know it's a one-shot deal with Dallas. We know they don't have enough, enough young guys, enough uh, core guys that are coming back to do it again. Do the Bruins? Well, they probably do. They're going to have some holes to fill. Uh, Mark Reckie's a big hole to fill, in my mind. He's a guy that I wanted to come back next year. Whether they won the Cup or not, I wanted him to come back. And I'm going to take him at his word that he's had enough at 43 years of age and, and is going to move on to something different in his life. So that's a big hole. They've got a couple of free agents they've got to make decisions on. Thomas Caberlet is one. Uh, Michael Ryder is another. You've got to say that the way Peter Chiarelli and his player personnel department have handled this thing the acquisitions that they made this season, Kelly and Peverly, uh, the job that they've done drafting in the last couple of years, they've still got Toronto's first-round pick coming up. Uh, I, I, I would probably bet that Shirelli and his crew will find the people to fill these holes. Most of the, the key people are under contract for quite a while. Right. Bergeron and Tim Thomas is still under contract. Zdeno Chara. Look, let's dream a little bit. Maybe Mark Savard can come back next year. I don't know if that's possible or not. They won a Stanley Cup without their most skilled offensive player. So, yeah, I think they probably do have the people so that they could maybe make a second run at this thing next year. Yeah, we appreciate you taking time this morning and uh, shedding some light on it from your vantage point. Uh, thanks, and I'm glad you got to see more of the hockey game than maybe most of us thought you'd get to last night. All right, guys. Nice who, to talk who, to you. who won the Red Sox game? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I said at one point I was really glad – Reed Brignac got the cheapest single you ever saw yeah. because that would have been the most anticlimactic perfect game in the history of baseball if he if Brignac hadn't gotten that cheap single. Hey, did uh, do you have any knowledge of the fact that the that the Bruins game was on in the Red Sox clubhouse and people could go in and check it out or, or anybody interested in the Bruins on the Red Sox? The entire team. Uh, I, I rushed down to the to the clubhouse as soon as the baseball game was over and they were all clustered around televisions and they were timing their departure back to the hotel based on intermissions. When we got back to the hotel, the entire team was again around TVs and cheering wildly as the final seconds ticked down. They loved this team. The big thing I kept hearing as, as the game time was ticking down, I kept hearing players on the Red Sox say, so when do you think we'll get a chance to drink beer from the Stanley Cup? <laughs> I have a feeling they'll get their chance soon. Dale, thanks for the time. 
Okay, guys. Dale Arnold joining Denison Callahan on the AT&T Outline, the official wireless provider of the Boston Bruins. We're going to take a 90-second timeout, then right back to the phone calls. Marcus, Mike, Mark, and the Doreen from Wareham is going to join us on the other side. And God bless Tim Thomas.